Welcome to the Power Hour. I'm Adrienne Herbert, wellness coach, international speaker and author. Each week I speak to a variety of guests from business founders to Olympic athletes, leading coaches, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, their rules to live by and what motivates them to get up out of bed each day. Personally, I am on a mission to encourage, motivate and inspire. So I hope that the Power Hour will help you to achieve your personal and professional goals. Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. Today, I am joined by a remarkable young woman. Our paths first crossed, I think, eight, maybe nine years ago. And ever since, I have been watching from a distance and cheering her on as she relentlessly pursues her passion, builds and scales her business, and brings a community of people together to travel around the world. Welcome to the podcast, Doyen Shobasen. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. Honestly, Adrian, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's well, as I said at the start, it's been a long time since we first met. And I think where to begin, where I'd like to start is I just want to start by sharing my memory of our interaction that all that time ago. And then you can maybe tell us if you think (laughs) that it's accurate, if I missed anything. So when we first met, you, I think at the time you attended um, an event that I was hosting alongside two of my very good friends, AJ Dudu and Haley Warns. And yeah. back then, back in the day, our events were titled Get to Know. And it was all about the aim of bringing women together, specifically entrepreneurs and young professionals. Mm-hmm. Now, at the time, you came to me for advice about potentially changing your career to pursue your passion and to create a business. And if I remember rightly, you were working in banking in the city and it didn't really feel aligned to to you, to your values and something that I'm sure a lot of people can relate to wanting to make a change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we talked, we talked about the process of starting a travel company. And I remember specifically I was talking about the power of social media, how to utilize it to build a community, a profile and to potentially partner with brands and monetize. And then fast forward to today where from what I can see, Dorian, you have executed on that plan. You understood the assignment and you have absolutely, oh my gosh, you have achieved, oh, you've achieved so much what you set out to do. So your business, Wind Collective, creates diverse story-led film and imagery for brands. You've partnered with people like GoPro, British Airways, Condé Nast, Vite, and Wind Collective Trips hosts group trips and private trips around the world, some of the most incredible places in the world, allowing people to visit different experiences in different countries with other like-minded creative people. So Doyen, the idea of your dream job that you told me about all those years ago (laughs) has become your day job. Right. How did you do it? I mean, tell drum us, roll. drum roll, you know, it's amazing. So do you think that was accurate, albeit very brief overview of your journey so far? Honestly, that was like super accurate. I can't lie. I thought you were going to embarrass me as well, but no, that was, that was perfect. <laughs> that was actually super accurate. Um, drum roll. Give it, give Adrian a clap. That was good. <laughs> no, I mean, I've just been, as I say, incredibly impressed. And although we've kind of, I guess, lost touch over the years, you know, everyone's life is busy. And, but like I said, I see all these things and I always remember, I actually remember specifically, I think when you messaged me and we didn't know each other, right? We'd never met before. Yeah. And you sent me a message and said, you know, 
can we meet for coffee? Could I ask for your advice? And yeah. I said, sure, let's meet. We met at the Hoxton Hotel. Yes. So tell me after that meeting, after that, you know, meeting of minds, tell me what happened in the next few months and years and the next steps that you took. Ooh, and just a, a sideline and just add a bit to that. So I was literally watching Adrian. Like I remember when he was an Adidas ambassador, watching her from the sidelines, like killing it. And I was like, this woman is like living out her dreams, but I was following the journey. So I thought, I think she's the perfect person to like go to to get advice on how she did it. That's mm. kind of how I just decided to reach out in the DMs. But to answer your question, how 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 long do I have? <laughs> yeah, as long as you like, there's no rush. So I was, I think I was in asset management. So basically making rich made people richer. <laughs> Allocating right. their funds and stuff. Yeah, so it just made me more angry seeing how much they had and seeing how much I was given. Like, I was like, I'm not even doing what I love and this is what I'm making. So um, I was just not happy doing that and every day going in, I remember I would come home and be like, I don't want to do this. And a lot of my friends who, you know, we all did like economics and law and, and things like that. Top unis were like, but you have the dream job. Like, why are you angry? Like so many people applied for this. Like, how did you get there? You're like entry level and you're already doing this. Um, but I just knew, as you said, Adrian, like it just didn't align with who I am, my values and what I wanted to do. So, so why, why, sorry, why did they say, you know, Doyen, you've got this dream job. Why did they say that? So was it their dream job or was it your previous dream job to go and work in, in finance? I think you just hit the nail. It was their dream job because we were at university. Like there's like a big community of us, like really high achieving, like black people who wanted to like work in the city. We wanted to kind of do what our parents wanted us to do. I think mm -hmm. it was more that, so vocalising that. And we kind of were so like tunnel vision to go to university get a good job blah 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 and like the rest is history that's super interesting for a lot of people who have grown up with maybe an expectation from their parents whether they knew it or not and the idea that of course you know you want to make them proud or you want to i guess maybe follow the path they've laid out for you but it's yeah. also great to hear that you know you you identified probably very early on and you were very young some people i don't yeah. think maybe do that until they're in their 40s or 50s and then they look 100%. and go wait i've done this for 20 years and i never wanted yeah. to do this exactly and i think seeing that as well from you know family friends who are even maybe just five years older than me i think when i sort of started to make that transition i was like in my early 20s and i had like because i have all, all of the older siblings and there i would see some of their friends who were like switching careers and i'm like i don't want to wait till i'm like 30 or you know, late 20s, which is not late for anyone listening to this who was like 30, 40, of course, but I just knew I didn't want to go down that 20, 30 year lifespan of just doing something I knew wasn't sort of my purpose. <laughs> that is literally point blank. The reason why I just decided to reach out to people like Adrian, follow people like Adrian and connect to people like Adrian, because I knew they were doing kind of what I wanted to do, um, even if it was in a different industry, but they were encountering change and doing what they loved. And that's kind of what I was seeking at that point in time. You certainly did. And as you said, it was a different industry. So I think that's also what's quite interesting here is because people might think, well, Adrian was, yeah, working in the fitness and wellbeing space, you know, maybe yeah. this was before I started this podcast, before I wrote my book, you know, I was, I was doing things, but not in the industry that you wanted to go into. But I guess it was that maybe the entrepreneurial side, maybe the kind of creative, I guess, kind of risky, just yeah. going after something that you love and sharing that with people. So for you, that was travel, right? You knew you wanted to travel. And yeah. did you already have the element of community and bringing, you know, doing trips with groups of people at that point? So I, I didn't have what I have today or even close to what I have today, but I was traveling 
a lot solo so like almost every weekend I would just like I was that girl who would bring her luggage and like get to work at 8 30 or not really 8 30 I was always late 8 55 and hide it under the desk because I didn't want no one to know I was going to like New York for a long weekend or Miami or Puerto Rico like I was just traveling so much and I remember back then that's when like Snapchat was like super popular and so I was literally just sharing my travels on Snapchat and on Twitter um, and a bit on Instagram as well, usually like via photos, as it was a photo sharing app back in the good days. Um, mm -hmm. And then I would just have lots of friends and their friends. And I was just building a small community around this move of doing. And then I remember I just started this like email list of like cheap flights. And yep. it's just crazy how I just started doing that. And the list grew from like 100 to 200 to 1000 to like 5000. And I was just like distributing. I was literally spending my like six to nine going on Google Flight Skyscanner and just searching for like 13 pound flights to Italy, 10 pound flights. Like it was ridiculous. And sending out, out to this mail list. And the mail list would just grow and people would be like, I have a friend who wants to join. I have a friend who wants, you know, they would love for you to plan their trip. And it was just like these micro instances that were happening. And then I, I want to put a pin in that. I'm sorry. I want to put a pin in that because <laughs> no I do worries. remember this time. I remember yeah. us talking about, you know, like Twitter and Skyscanner. Yes. I remember that. But people are going to be listening to this and thinking, wait, what? £13 flight to Italy. So <laughs> talk to me. This was the good old days. But does this mail list still exist? Do cheap flights still exist or are they a thing of the past? The mail list, actually, I remember going through it and it still exists, but I haven't actively sent anything in, I don't know, three or four or so years. But cheap flights do exist, but not. 13 pounds it's impossible right now pre-covid possibly 20 pound uh you know a cheeky flight to europe during like super off peak season but post-covid it's ridiculous yeah. well we're gonna we're definitely gonna talk more about yes travel and post-covid and just the life the world as it stands you know with a lot of people adopting working remote and travel and hybrid so we're going to come to the all of that but yeah. let's continue with the journey so you're traveling yourself and you're documenting this on snapchat twitter you're sharing with people okay there's cheap flights and you're you know as you said growing a mailing list but yeah. at that point were you still working nine to five or had you when did you get to the break point where you thought actually i'm going to leave my day job, leave my salary, leave yep. the illusion of security and yep. go after making this a full-time, full-time job. Yeah. So I was still traveling at that point and, you know, being the, it was a thing on Twitter. I was like the black solo female traveler who was just like sharing lots of travel tips and um, specifically to like solo travelers. And that's kind of where the attention came in, but I was still fully working. Like I was, my, what my job was pretty much nine to five. And then I decided to just, you know, take that to leap of fate quote unquote it was more just a leap of i'm fed up to be honest <laughs> um yes. i took that uh, that was oh my gosh i feel like time has flown was it 2017 i just remember book i booked a flight to bali that same day yes. i booked a flight to bali i think it was like one way bali and i did like thailand and just so many places um and then this is kind of what birthed the idea of um you know the wing collective coming back to london and having experienced um you know, just the greatness and the freedom of travel and building community and connecting with people all around the world, creators, professionals, and just building a global network at such a young age. I was like, this is just dope. I want to keep doing this forever. And I want others to experience this. And yeah, that's kind of how it happened. <laughs> wow. It's incredibly inspiring. And the thing about it is, of course, hindsight is a wonderful thing. So if this story had yeah. been a disaster and you had ended up, you know, <laughs> overdrawn, homeless, like, you, you know, it would be different. But I think often when people hear this, they go, oh, my gosh, it sounds amazing. But I'm yeah. sure that there were some maybe moments of doubt or moments of challenge. I, I love what you shared about your boss saying, you know, 
go and be happy. You're a smart girl. Like you're young. You can do things, try things. And it yeah. doesn't have to be, you know, I often talk about this decision making being an open door or a closed, a revolving door or a closed door. And yeah. essentially a revolving door means, you know, you can always come back. Whereas a closed door is a decision where once you make that decision, mm. it is done. You know, it's something you can never undo. And so many of us approach decisions as if they're a closed door decision when they're not. Love so that. I think allowing yourself to think, you know what, go after this thing, give it a year, give it two, give it 10. But right. actually, even if the worst case scenario happened, what is that worst case scenario? you can still go back. You could have gone back to that job or to another job. So yeah. if people are hearing it and thinking, oh, you know what? I've got an idea or I want to change my career or I'm feeling inspired. Or as you said, maybe they're just feeling fed up of being yeah. fed up. <laughs> have the courage to make a change, even if you don't know that it's going to work out the way Joyan's story has. <laughs> yeah, you and know? I also want to come in as well and just chime in like, obviously I had some privileges in place. I was living at home. My mom had a mortgage. I you know, I had the black tax where I had to still pay a bit. <laughs> we all know that, if, <laughs> if you can relate. But she was like, it's okay. When I was, you know, broke or whatever, she wouldn't force cash out of me. So I had a backup, which was to live at home and eat my mother's jollof rice every single day. And probably <laughs> as being the youngest child, you know, I could go to my siblings. I had privileges and I had sort of, quote unquote, emergency and emergency fund in place it wasn't a lot but i had something and um, where i knew if that you know that door was completely closed as you said like i could always go mm. back to something so it was more so revolving sorry so it was a revolving door because i knew i had things in place but also saying that i'm a crazy risk taker like my friends know this people that know me so i probably would have done it even if i didn't have that and i think that's also just in my nature and in so many of our natures but we just don't know until that we make is, that leap you know what i'm glad you have it because it's an incredible trait but i'm yeah. gonna call you right out because <laughs> i think that being an, an amazing risk taker i i mean i could be wrong and people might chime in and say this is not right but you just said you're the youngest sibling right yes. shout out to all the older siblings out there shout out to all the big sisters who you the have mums, to be responsible you have to mothers. you know you have to be oh, tell them that, that is me so you have to be responsible you have to if something goes wrong you are in trouble you let them do this you let them do that how could you so for a lot of myself and other friends who I know are the older sibling with younger siblings I'm yeah. hearing you and thinking I know that the younger sibling you get to take the risks because you don't get in trouble yeah honestly I can't lie and you probably learn as well and, and seen and assess the impacts of the risks that you take from your older siblings so yeah. again different situations different circumstances but um, as Adrian has summed up I feel like if you are just fed up and you're just fed up of being fed up, take that leap to yeah. not be fed up. And then you'll see what's on the other side. Yes. Oh, I love this. Okay. So let's, where should we go from here? I suppose, because I kind of gave a very short, you know, synopsis about Wing Collectives and about the, the trips. But can you tell us, tell the listeners exactly now today, what this has grown into, what the company is, how many people actually are in your team? I have no idea what it's really, yeah. I guess, become today. Oh uh, my gosh, you, you gave a great um, synopsis to be honest. So as Adrian said, we have sort of two buckets. So the Wind Collective is a travel media company. So one bucket is the trip side. So we create host experiences to destinations all around the world targeted specifically at millennials. And if you want to go even deeper, millennials of color, millennials 
of you know diverse backgrounds millennials who don't see themselves in i don't know a thomas cook ad or or the likes who just want to feel safe and experience something that maybe they can't experience from a mainstream travel agency or platform and then we have the other side which is our agency side so this is our production company where we curate content and it's predominantly video first filmmaking storytelling content for brands to basically push their marketing to another level. So as Adrian said, we've worked with British Airways, the, Mor the Moroccan Tourism Board, Kempinski Hotel, Shangri-La Hotel. We've worked with Havana Club. We've worked with Corona. We actually did one of their biggest adverts that was showcased on primetime TV in South America and the Caribbean. And um, yeah, so we've worked with a bunch of travel and lifestyle and brands um, such as that. And right now the team is, honestly, it's growing like every, <laughs> Time. So the core team, I think there's four, 12 of us. Wow. <laughs> this, like is a, core this, team. this is a big, this is a business doing. 12 people, 12 people <laughs> is a business. Yeah, yeah, core team. So head of partnerships, we've got a product designer. We've got, of course, a marketer. We've got creative director. We've got a head of content and the head of content has probably about today he has four or five assistants and editors. And then we have a rules producer who manages like TikTok and our reels. Um, and then we have sort of some part-time um, workers who work on like website and bespoke um, ads or campaigns that we're doing for brands who sort of hire them in and contract them in. So, but yeah, core team is 12 and constantly growing and hoping to continue to grow. So right now we host one trip a month. We're sort of just recovering back from COVID. So if you go onto our website, thewingcollectivetrips.com, you'll be able to see um, a bunch of our trips, um, which we host and we curate them specifically with the type of traveler um, that we want in mind. So they're very adventurous, community focused, very creative. And we do things that you probably can't find um, online. So, you know, we'll go to like a roster man in Jamaica and do like a really cool Ital making vegan experience where you get to cook like Ital food and smoke some legal marijuana <laughs> and just things like that. So some really cool um, authentic experiences and you know we go off the beaten track but we also do of course the obvious a skydive Dubai you can get that experience with us um, and things like you know your bucket list type experiences around the world um, and yeah, that's they look kind of... incredible they look so <laughs> no because honestly I'd say there's oh, so many things running through my head at this when yeah. you're talking one was just about I think having a real clear brand and a real clear visual uh quality from the that start is, because i think yeah you know as someone who is listening maybe if they haven't seen it you know a lot of people have creative ideas and i'm always going to encourage people to just get started with whatever you've got even if it's just you know take your iphone start filming a video or start recording a podcast whatever you want to do yeah. however i'd say the time and the effort that it takes to i suppose sit down right and say okay what is this brand? What are we about? What's the mission? Who do we serve with that mission? What kind of quality of content in order to work with these brands, in order to stand out from the noise, in order yeah. to create experiences? Because also, let's be honest, if you're asking someone to book a trip with you, they're probably yeah. going to be investing money, time, trust. Because, yeah. you know, if you're a solo traveler, we're going to come on to that in a minute around like safety and saying to somebody, you know, I'm going to go to the other side of the world with you and yeah. pay money to do so. You've I'm sure, you know, you did such a good job. Everything I've ever seen that you've ever shared or content or videos, the quality and the yeah. cinematic, the beautiful video. It's so amazing. Yeah, Honestly, so I much. can't believe I haven't been on one of these trips because <laughs> I think you remember back in the day, I was always trying to make it happen. Yes. But I just, it's incredible. So were you always, for people listening again, I want to encourage people with ideas to kind of really think 
deeply and be thoughtful about their choices were you yeah. very intentional about the quality and about the content and the target customer or, or would you say it was more making 100%. it up as you go along? so our creative producer and creative actually the co-founder clay like that's like one of my best friends um he is like a creative genius and sort of i just like execute i'm just such a good executor and like i you know we come together as when we you know and like the whole team pretty much and we strategize like there's some downsides with you know perfection or trying to be perfect but it's because we had the brand and we had our audience and the b2b like you know like ba and people who wanted to target so we kind of like studied the market mm-hmm. and we wanted to create our own style so when people see a wing collective trip or a wing collective video they know this is a wing collective quality like they just know from the grading to the yeah. font to the color and again just pretty much repeating what you've said like with the style and and i'm just gonna obviously sure you know big our own content out because it's you know the way we make it we make it in such a cinematically crisp way because we want to target who we want to target who are you know these travelers who want to spend on a brand like us and want to trust a brand like us and also these brands who want to basically produce content in the way that we tell the story so we've definitely like put a lot of heart into just strategizing about the brand and and then we had when we even hired our head of content it was actually and it's, it's i feel like it's a god thing as well i really want to bring that up because even whenever we have like team meetings we most of us are christians and mm. we actually um, me and the co-founders were were four of us were all christians and three of us actually had come from the same church when we were mm. like post-university and that church is actually a very creative church ironically mm. um and we kind of came together and we would always like sort of pray about like this and even the name the wind like it's all about like you know moving but there's so much like when it comes to like interwining with like god and the way god moves and it just like it's, it's all about being per- perfect it's like that perfect doing and when i say perfect it's not like this amazing you know be amazing before you put something out but just make sure when you put something out you're intentional about why you're putting it out and who you want to see it and we've put so much into our like branding strategy and who we hire as well and um, mm. to make sure that they align with basically the wind collective and what the wind collective is about because it's like we're going to be here for forever like covid hit us and we have like competitors like you know sta travel who we looked up to so much who don't even exist anymore and these are <gasps> million dollar oh, brands yeah, yeah. And we like, you know, I remember having, like, I was having a chat yesterday about our finances with our co-founder and like, we're still here, like how? But yes. <laughs> because well, we're intentional and hopefully we'll still be here for a while because we have a go and a plan and so many exciting things coming up in the pipeline. So um, yeah, to, to say that in a nutshell, that's the answer. Gosh, okay. Yes, of course, we're going to go to this, you know, having a travel company and then a global pandemic happens. So just before, oh my gosh, just before we <laughs> jump into that, I think hopefully people got the message with the being intentional part and the fact that it's not just a buzzword when you think about your brand or when you think about your business idea it's not just you know have an authentic message or you know be intentional the reality of what you just described that will have informed so many things decision making you know the commitment and that like you described the feeling of knowing who is this for because maybe as well it might not be for everyone and that's also okay you know so thank you for sharing that in such an honest way because there's nothing worse like i know (laughs) for me personally as an entrepreneurial person there's nothing worse than when i listen to someone's story and they kind of just it's vague and they say well i just accidentally you know i posted this and then i woke up with a million followers and then i had a book deal and (laughs) it's kind of like (laughs) yeah right and you're like what really and even if it did maybe happen like that it's not that useful for everyone else because you know it's not always going to happen that way so thank you for for sharing that and just please people take the time 
be intentional and it will yeah. pay off in the long run. Okay, so you've got the travel company. It's going well. Your business is growing. People are traveling with you around the world, right? As I said, (laughs) I saw you. I saw you here, there and everywhere. Cuba, Dubai, Marseille, all these places. And it was growing, wait list. People are asking you to book their holidays. They're giving you their money. And then bam, 2020 comes, global pandemic, borders are closed, no travel, no flights. And people probably thinking, this is mad, but it's gonna gonna start again in a month. (laughs) Or maybe it's gonna start again in six weeks. And then we're there for a year. So Doyen, what was going on for you? How did you initially, I guess, adapt and respond? And then how did that play out over the course of the pandemic? Yeah, so, oh my gosh. So 2019, December, that was, we did our biggest trip, 40 to 50 individuals from, predominantly from Europe and the America, and America. <laughs> they came to Ghana with us, 2019. This is when COVID just started, mind that. We were having the best time of our life, year of the return every single influencer from america from the diaspora was in america beyonce was in um was in ghana like it was the best time ever we came back we were like guys quarter of a million 2019 what a year of just trips like this is no this is organically no ads till this day to be honest no ads quarter of a spent. million in in revenue in revenue income? of yeah of selling trips in 2019 organically. Wow. so this wow. was word of mouth this was friends this was just the community we said guys imagine if we put ad spend we start to like target people who want us but don't know about us like you know we were talking to our accountant this is like 10x oh my gosh yes i'm gonna get that penthouse in bali <laughs> god is good like i'm gonna retire at 30 as i used to say and people will laugh but it's coming soon um so i don't doubt you uh, so so yeah so you know it was going great and then i would never forget 2020 february that was our ski trip so we always have a break in january just like recuperate you know everyone time off and just re-strategize and also you know banks are you know people's pockets are a bit low so we don't want to be that brand that's like selling you to travel in january so you know we took a break in january 2020 then this you know in february we went skiing it was awesome we had so many people who came on the trip and we actually partnered with another brand that um basically pushed for you know people of color to come you know to the mountains and ski and it was a great trip and then I will never forget on the way back, people were wearing masks and there was a bit of chaos in the airport. And we were like, what's going on? Is this COVID thing real? Mm. And then March came and it was like, we don't know what's going on. So we still went, we went, we did a trip to India, Holy Festival. It was amazing. But some of our travelers started to get COVID and like COVID was oh, in the wow. air. And we were like, okay, this is actually serious now. And, and at that time, thing... sorry, because I know everyone, we've kind of got over COVID, everyone seems a bit desensitized. But if yeah. you can remember at that time, because I remember at that time, I also went on a flight and people were afraid. Like we did not yeah. know at that time what this virus, you know, what it was going to be. There were certain headlines saying, you know, you know, it's a respiratory disease and essentially wear a yeah. mask. But if someone's coughing near you, they could have this disease. And like, you know, it sounded like, the, you know, when you think about the plague and you think about people just dropping dead. Exactly. Now we just go, oh yeah, I've got COVID, annoying. But actually back then, if you were on this trip, so you're in India, so you're not obviously, you know, in the UK with the luxury of the NHS, as much as people yeah. complain, it is a luxury. And then you're responsible, I suppose, for people because you've taken them on the trip. And yeah. then we don't even know what this virus virus, disease, whatever. We don't even know what this is. So at that time, were you not just terrified? Because I would have been on the first flight back. How did, what were you doing? Honestly, I think it would just shout out to the team. Like everyone is just so, 
reassure. I don't know what the word is, but everyone is not relaxed. Does that just make us sound so irresponsible? But I think just with the access of information and talking to people in the community and talking to like government and travel authorities, just to try and to understand what is actually going on. So mm. we were able to, you know, relay that reassurance to the travelers and they act, they feel really safe. And, and I think this is the biggest thing. And that's one of our biggest pillars, like safety for our travelers to feel safe of us from the time they book a trip to, you know, to the time they actually leave. And even after that, because, you know, we hope for them to be a repeat customer. So we try and instill that safety from the get go. So even when, you know, things like that happen, they don't feel as like, you know, oh my gosh, but we know COVID, as we mentioned, it was chaotic. It was insane. So we just had to try and um, just get as much information that is accurate as possible um, and try our best to basically keep, you know, keep our travelers safe. And it was just, I remember it was, I think one traveler, um but she had you know full insurance at that time which was really strange but um and everything you know was fine and it wasn't too crazy but we just had to we came back and we were like what do we actually do <laughs> yeah because surely people... you must have had other trips planned for that year because i know yeah. you know obviously people had weddings booked they had travel booked people were exactly. ready to live their life so when the government says okay we're going into a three-week lockdown stay home yeah. you know are you thinking then yeah it's going to be short like what did you and your team do about the 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 following months what did you plan for yeah so we thought it will be sure i'll never forget we rescheduled the trip to um the latter part of the year so we had 20 so 2020 was like our you know come up yet and 2019 sorry and 2020 was meant to be our like double come up so we were planning to do four trips four to six trips every month and like grow our team and like sort of go down the you know we hire people abroad as like and we train them as like creative explorers um so we were trying to go crazy we had so many trips on the website and then we just had to reschedule them we just literally we scheduled them like i remember instantly and then we communicated with our travelers this is the option and we had to like speak to lawyers like what do we do i remember my team saying how what are we going to do with our community like how do we keep them engaged during this time like this time of covid like how do we keep them positive how do we keep people who are losing their family members like mm. how do we keep them how do we let them know that they're in our hearts and this was when i knew like oh my gosh like i love what we get to do and i remember we were doing events we had a calendar and we were doing events every single day for about three months during the pandemic so we would do netflix watch nights and people would just would just join in we would do movie nights like on um like on netflix and then we would do like i remember we had reggae fit on instagram live and we were having like hundreds of people join in just like onto our workouts even though travel wasn't at the center we were just caring for them because we cared about them and we wanted them to feel safe we wanted them to feel inspired and that is kind of like the essence of the wing collective but we just happened to do it via travel so that's kind of how we pivoted we did all the legal stuff shifted rescheduled you know and move trips but we also just had to cater and that was the biggest part how do we re-strategize because we may not travel for a year Mm. so how do we re-strategize and keep our community engaged and keep them um feeling safe and inspired to be creative and and to be adventurous even though they're literally you know stuck in the four walls of their house and many of them by themselves well i mean a lot of that speaks to really truly the power of creating a community because essentially as you describe pivoting to doing fitness classes to doing creative things to doing community bringing people together all of those things essentially you know I, i'm part of different running communities as you know and it was yeah. a similar thing you know I, I would join certain zooms and maybe it would be to do some stretching or some drills or people would be saying oh let's do a run challenge and i actually hosted 
you just reminded me I hosted a 100k in May challenge oh, and yeah, I started I it on yeah. online and did you, did you see it I started yeah, it and like yeah. yeah and I started that thinking maybe I'll get like 20 mates and they'll you know give us some accountability in that one hour a day to get out and run and actually in the end 45,000 people joined the challenge and it was actually like it was featured in I think I think it was the evening standard it was like saying oh That's during insane. this crazy right and again it's the power of community because other runners were going hey you know what let's lace up again and let's get out even though it's lockdown even though it's covid let's do our one hour a day and let's take on this 100k in may and some people honestly doing some people on that challenge told me they'd never run more than maybe 10k in a week and they were like you know what if i break it down if i just do 3k every day i can do this challenge i can do 100k in may That's so insane. you know it's that thing around the power of community and also the service of others because yeah. you weren't saying how are we going to keep our community engaged so they can still keep giving us money or yeah. you know for a lot of businesses during the pandemic it was like how can we pivot quick to keep income and to keep revenue yeah. and of course a business is a business you need to earn money but I think that idea that you the way you outlined it to me sounded very much like doing things in service of others they're living yeah. alone people are feeling down and depressed and anxious about the state of the world giving people maybe maybe an hour of escapism from COVID, maybe an hour yeah. of, you know, thinking about something different, something fun was so, so valuable. Again, because yeah. time moves on so quickly and our lives, I'm sure people are getting busy again. And we kind of, it's a blessing and a curse, right? That the human mind, we, we can forget things that are painful very quickly. You know, yeah. think how quickly women forget so about childbirth. True. You know, <laughs> you forget that quickly and you want to have another baby. So I can't relate, but yeah. <laughs> you, trust me, you, 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 in the moment you're thinking never again. And you know, within an hour you think you forget it. The brain forgets the trauma. Yeah. And I think as a blessing to us, our brains are forgetting the trauma of COVID. Mm. But when I think back, actually just having an hour of escapism, doing something fun, doing something joyful, yeah. not looking at the news and feeling doom and gloom. Exactly. I think, you know, that was really powerful thing that you did in terms of yeah giving and service of others so yeah. to bring it to today to bring it to today a lot of people of course now are loving travel myself included you know yeah. they're looking for places to best go thing in the and the best thing and, and honestly I hope this is going to inspire other people because I think there's a bit of a difference between a holiday maybe where you just I don't know go to a nice resort and lay by a pool which is of course a lovely thing to do and yeah. I enjoy doing that have a cocktail play cards you know have fun but there's also a difference between that and you know adventure and exploring maybe a new yeah. you know off the beaten track as you described eating the local food going on hikes you know just exploring the culture yeah so I'm keen to do both. And I know a lot of people listening are. So tell us, tell us about, I guess, maybe some of the most incredible places that you've been. Give us some inspiration. Tell us where yeah. you're going next. Over to you. Oh gosh. So experiences, honestly, like some of my favorite is again, in community. It's so weird. So I have, of course, because of what I do, there's like a massive sort of community of us, like on Instagram, we have like group chats. We'll be like, hey, who wants to come to Mexico? And this is like tomorrow. <laughs> So I I remember I was in Miami and we had a conference um, with the Wing Collective crew and some friends came as well, came down. And then we just decided, we were just all chilling. I think we were eating tacos in, I think it was Miami, Moxie Hotel. If you haven't heard about it, go there if you're in Miami. Wonderful hotel. They do some great tacos and great Mexican drinks. So we went there, we we're just hanging there, having some, some tequila or whatever it was. And Clay, actually, my friend, the co-founder of the Wing Collector says, who wants to go to Mexico tomorrow? <laughs> and Tulum, he was like, Tulum, you know, we just get an Airbnb, we can work from there, just hang out, chill, do diving, cliff or whatever it is, and just, you know, experience hiking. 
and and that's what I love with traveling, like with your friends and community. You can like all you can buy like out this like amazing luxury accommodation, and you can kind of all split the cost, and it becomes um, more manageable, more affordable. And yeah, we just had the best time, honestly. Like eating tacos, we were working. We had like I remember a day of like wing collective strategy and thinking, and then we were like no more work. So we were really structured. It was like a a lifestyle trip. So we were doing a bit of work, a bit of like people went went on diving. I had a friend who even did like a diving course, um, and then I was like most of the time spent it like I think laying on the beach and hiking and you're just like traveling with your friends honestly it sounds so like cliche but just spontaneous trips with friends honestly like at this point that's kind of just like what I revel for and what I love doing Um, so also for anyone listening who maybe you were a solo traveler yeah and I've written this down a few times the word solo 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 because (laughs) if you're in a couple or if you're traveling with friends then you know great but I think a lot of people are afraid of solo travel they don't know where to start they feel like they're going to be that person in a restaurant in the middle of a busy place (laughs) by themselves and they might not feel super comfortable or let's be honest specifically for women they might not feel safe so what's your advice to anyone who is thinking this summer I'm going to book a trip by myself for the first time what's your advice to solo travelers just book it and no, i'm joking <laughs> so i am um, contrary to what i said like of course traveling with friends but i started out as a solo traveler that's probably why i'm I, you know more so enjoy traveling with friends now but i was traveling solo for about 10 years and i started when i was 19 when i did a year abroad to vancouver then i went to china alone to shanghai so for three months yeah as a black person in china <laughs> um so honestly i'm gonna i would say do it but start small so if you're apprehensive as a solo traveler or you know as a female solo traveler you may feel you know unsafe and rightly so of course in many destinations but i would say start small so you know if you're in london or if you're in new york or whichever big city you are in i would say maybe just step out of that big city and you can have whether it's a day trip from london to cambridge or london to bath or London to Brighton and just spend a day there and just just to like revel in and see how you enjoy your own company or see how you maybe enjoy the experience of traveling solo. So I would say start small um, and then if you love it, then you can like start to, you know, branch out where you could do a weekend away in Italy um, and, and I would say do somewhere that's quite known. So I would say a city. So Amsterdam, there's like you can't get bored. There's so many things to do. There's so many places you could just walk around that's crowded where you feel like you're kind of in your hometown if that's like a big city like London or wherever it may be. So that's that's the advice I would give. And I would also say just ask people online. Like people are so lovely, especially on Twitter, which is more um, where you would probably get more of a, um, you know, a truthful response because people spend more time on Twitter, I would say. Just put up, you know, put a call out. I'm looking to go on my first ever solo. Like when you say that, honestly, looking to go on my first ever solo trip and just tag a few people, a few solo travelers. I can mention a few like, hey, Sierra, she's awesome. Like she's actually US based and one of probably the biggest female um, solo travelers in the United States who started out just like me, actually, where she, you know, she quit her corporate job and just started traveling solo. And she just go on her, her, her Instagram or her Twitter. It's hey, Sierra. And you could get so much rich advice on how to travel solo. It's the same for Google. You could literally Google, you know, female travel solo travel bloggers, and you'll get a list of like the top ten. Mm. Um, and you can just go on their blogs, go onto their Instagrams, and of course TikTok as well. You could just go on the hashtag female solo travel on TikTok or solo travel or solo mm. travel with me. This like TikTok is is literally Google right now. Um, yeah. So you could just go on these you know these apps and these social media platforms and 
pretty much just search your way through advice and you would find i'm telling you an array of advice on how to travel and you can even go deeper and find out like the best places to go as a black solo female traveler or as a disabled female traveler or as whatever it may be and you can categorize your needs so much like yeah i like that and i like the you're right about you know we have so much rich information available to us we can literally see it you know sometimes it sounds silly but I will, when I'm going to a place, even when I'm at the airport, maybe before I fly, I go to the, the place that I'm going, I'll search a hashtag and I'll go onto people's Instagram stories because it's Same. live real time. So I'm seeing is the weather, you know, I'm not just looking on yeah, the weather app. I'm looking that, on, for the weather. You know? That's, a good That's why I do it. That's why I do it. Cause I'll go yeah. onto someone's story and not that you can change the weather, but I can see, I'm like, okay, cool. It might say cloudy and thunder, but I'm looking at someone's stories and I'm seeing that they are on the beach in the sun. So I can so, bring this outfit. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah, I 100%. love it. Thank you so much, Doyne. And yeah, please do reach out and also you know, there's so much in there. So I hope as well, as I always say, I think the best advice is actionable advice. So if someone's listening and they're feeling inspired or they're feeling like, don't waste that feeling. And then once the episode finishes, you get on with your day and you forget all about it. You know, maybe if you're feeling that impulse, that kind of fire spark of, oh, I want to do it do it today, you know, do it today. Let us know, book something. And I loved what you said about the UK. You know, we just have this idea that you have to, yeah, have a backpack and go to Bali. But actually you could literally book a train, as you say, Scotland, Wales, Yorkshire, go somewhere different. Because for some people they might say, well, actually I can't afford right now, as we just discussed with the flights, I can't afford right now to go here, there, but actually I could afford to, yeah, get the train to the coast and go to somewhere in the UK that I've never been to. And you can have incredible, amazing, beautiful places in the UK that we don't explore but then we might say oh actually yeah I I don't have enough money to fly around the world so yeah even if it starts local if it starts small you don't have to spend a lot but please do if you're feeling inspired then take action and let us know where you're going hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So last but not least, uh, sadly, I don't want to end this conversation. I'm looking forward to seeing you very soon, Doyen. We're going to reconnect and I cannot wait. But first, let's talk about the Power Hour. Let's talk about the concept. I would love to know. I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, for me, my first hour of every day, the Power Hour. I call it that because it is so powerful for me to be intentional. 5 a.m.s. You know, 5 a.m. I've got to be intentional about what I do with that time. So Doyen, are you an early riser? Do you have a power hour? What time zone are you on? What country? (laughs) This is the problem, right? Honestly, it's partially because I I, I have so many instances of, of no structure when it comes to time zones. But 
I am intentional with my morning. So I'm that person actually, and I, I get abused by my siblings, usually verbally, because I airplane mode, usually from about nine, 10 or so, unless I have to do something. So I airplane mode until nine the next morning. <laughs> so no distractions. Mm. So that's maybe my power 12 hours <laughs> of yes. just no distractions. And then when I wake up as well, I just wake up to sort of a clear mind, you know, whether it's devotion or a prayer or just take a breath of fresh air or walk outside. I do something intentional that will start my day. Um, and then usually the first time I pick up my phone would, you know, might be about nine or so. And that's to put it off aeroplane mode and just start my day rather than going through social media. So that's sort of my intentional ritual that I do in the night, which takes me to the morning. Um, so yeah, that's sort of my quote unquote power hour, <laughs> if that answers your question. Yes, it does. And I love that. I was actually, I actually went to Portugal myself last week to deliver a workshop about the power hour. And interestingly, when I talk to different people and I'm loving that I'm getting to do this, by the way, I'm getting to share yeah. the, the message and the mission far and wide. That. And so whilst I was there, like depending on who I'm talking to, different things often come up. And so, you know, it can go one way or another way down a rabbit hole. And it really went down this rabbit hole about the phone and about technology mm. and about people saying they're addicted to their phone. They're addicted to uh having the phone in the bed next to the bed you know last thing they look at first thing they look at and actually yeah. one of the men who was at the talk he was actually talking about his grandchildren and he was saying my grandchildren are so addicted to their phones wow. that they you know he's just like they they just have it until they fall asleep and then yeah it's pretty much under the pillow or next to their oh head which of course this is not good for lots of reasons you know physical health but also our mental health and that distraction yeah. and like you said not being able to switch off and have a clear mind so you know nobody's perfect myself included i'm sure there's times when i should not be looking at my phone when i am but i think when it falls on your face you know it's time <laughs> <laughs> exactly but i think that idea of you know i'm similar i don't have my phone on airplane mode but i put it on charge out in the <laughs> hall not that not that far <laughs> no what i mean is i put it mine is more about proximity so i put it in the mm. hallway because then it's you know it's in the hallway so i don't yeah. have it right there but i think for a lot of us you know like i said i'm not going to demonize tech or demonize the phone but i think being able to unplug physically mm. metaphorically literally at night allows us to sleep better and allows us to have a more intentional start to the day without yeah. the distraction of the world so whether your power hour is 7 a.m 5 a.m whatever time yeah. i think it's something we can all try and embrace as having a bit of space before we go straight into the world on our phone yeah i agreed 100 percent 100 percent well, thank you so much, Dorian. I've loved this conversation. I'm so, oh, I'm just so excited to, to connect. I mean, hopefully, I mean, I'm going to say it because I want to come onto one of your trips. Yes. They are amazing. Make it happen. <laughs> yes, I will make it happen. So thank you so much for joining us. And can you tell everyone one more time where they can find you online? Of course. So Doyen Sogwison is my name. <laughs> Why am I saying my name? But you can find me online at Move With Doyen. So that's Move With Doyen all together. So that's on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find The Wind Collective. And we are at Wind Collective. So that's like The Wind and then The Collective together. So that's Wind Collective on Instagram and Twitter as well. Awesome. And if you weren't feeling inspired to pack your bags already, you definitely <laughs> will be if you spend... A 45 seconds on the Wing Collective site, you will be booking the trip, packing the bags. So get inspired, stay safe and get out there and explore the world. Honestly, Thank you. book that flight. Book, book that it. Flight. <laughs> <laughs> book it. Thank Thanks you so, so much. much, Adrian. I had such a good time. Take care, everyone. Have a great week and we'll be back next week with another episode. See you. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 